On today's episode of Kindred 360, we ask what you would rather do. Rod brings some wisdom. We got a new member of the Kindred staff, and there was a death in the Smith house. Let's go! You're listening to the Kindred 360 podcast with your hosts, Pastor Rod Idol, Matt Smith, and Lindsay Terry. The Kindred 360 podcast is an extension of Kindred Church in Midlothian, Virginia. At Kindred, we help people find their purpose. We believe that God designed us to be surrounded by others who love and care for us. We call this your tribe. We invite you to be part of our tribe today, so enjoy the fun, inspiration, and introspection, all in today's episode of Kindred 360. Now, Pastor Rod Idol. Mr. John Bon Jovi, we are Switchfoot, and we cannot wait to go on tour with you in Europe this summer. This is going to be amazing. I grew up listening to you sing this song, one of the greatest songs ever written. And as a thank you, we'd like to play you our version of this amazing song. This is Living on a Prayer. Sound check in Portland. See, Chris, this is back when music was good. He played it one time That's on true. Guitar Hero. 
<laughs> I did. Extra level. Is Guitar Hero <laughs> still a game people play? I think my yes. parents like I this love song. <laughs> I will bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, though, they do a great version of it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They yeah. sound really good. I was digging it. I mean, I, I like, like John Bon Jovi better, but uh, that was good. That was good. So Super Switchfoot excited. and John Bon Jovi traveling together in Europe, huh? Yeah, overseas. I would totally go if it was here and see them. You're not going to let a little pond stop you from go seeing them, is, are you? Mm, is that a is that a jump is that the a puddle? Dare? Is that a dare? <laughs> Double dog dare? Yeah. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Kindred 360 here, Studio 77, and we have lost our sound in our ears. I only have it in one ear. So. Anyway, we uh, our technical guru is looking at it right now, trying to get us all hooked up. Everybody kind of looked up from it, but uh, it's good to have you here with us today. And uh, we, as Matt mentioned at the intro, we do have a new member with us, so I'm going to let him start out saying, "Hey, say hey, Chris." Hey guys, what's up? All right, Chris is our new uh, youth leader uh, at our church, and uh, he's this is his first week, and so it's good to have you with us. And we're obviously going to have him on the show as well. Matt, how you doing? Doing well. Good. Are you are you okay? We're going to give you a second here, yeah. and then we'll get a chance to There's talk been about some drama. it. I know, I know. We're gonna we're gonna touch on that, folks. You're gonna want to pull off to the side of the road if you're listening to this on the radio or something because it's pretty emotional. Uh, Lindsay, how <laughs> some are kind you? Of emotion. I'm great. Yeah? Yeah. Man, you're looking pregnant. I am. All right. Two more <laughs> months, am. huh? You're real close. Okay. Ten more weeks. Good deal. Nice nice having you all. Now, Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing. Mike wasn't on our show last time, if you guys remember. Um, he was still freaking out over a snake in his garage, but uh, <laughs> he seems to be fully recovered now. And Mike, you're celebrating an anniversary coming up? Yeah, 11 years. 11 years. Wow, what a pup. Awesome. That's great. Congratulations, Mike. Um, Matthew, we had quite an experience in the Smith household this week. Listen, <clears throat> sometimes you just can't win, and our pet streak recently... Yeah, you, you don't have a good pet it's, history. It's not no. going very well. No. So we decided, uh, after trying to get uh, rescue some dogs that just didn't work out... Uh, we said, hey, let's let's downgrade a little bit. Let's go for a guinea pig. Yeah. So the Smith family this past weekend adopted two guinea pigs, everyone. My daughter named them. One name was Honey, and the other name was Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a good Southern girl. Those are good names. That's Those right. are good names. Listen, she had plenty of Bojangles when she was in her mama's bed belly, and she's had plenty since. And so it makes sense. So anyway, so we're doing good. One of them. Biscuit off the bat is a spaz, everyone. This dude is just nuts here, there, everywhere. He's climbing on the other uh, guinea pig. It's great. Uh, whereas Honey was just kind of lethargic the entire time. And I just thought initially, oh, he's just a chill little guinea pig. Listen, after a couple of days, yesterday, uh, two nights ago, we, uh, we pull him out to give him some exercise in the hall. Biscuit rightfully is freaking out. Running everywhere, the other one is just kind of laying there, barely moving, and we're like, oh, no, like something's not right. We wake up the next morning, and the, <laughs> the poor little thing is like whimpering. 
And we're like, oh, great. Like, please, please just be okay. So we're like checking, like, is the water thing working? Is it getting, getting food? And we're like, yeah, everything looks good. And so anyways, before I'm walking out, Chris is picking me up early to go to work. Yeah. And my wife says, Matt, I think honey's dead. Oh my I th- no, no, she says, I think he's not breathing. And I was like, babe, I can't go. I can't make Chris late. I was like, I'll check on him when I get back. <laughs> she messaged me later and, and is like, yeah, he's definitely dead. Oh, <laughs> so I called her at lunch gosh. and this is the story that I got. I said, hon, what happened? She said, well, I put the kids in the car. I left my water bottle on purpose. So I go in to quote unquote get my water bottle and I go over to <laughs> the guinea pig. He's not moving. He's not breathing. Nothing's going on. She said, so I put him in a box or, or so, so she said, I nudged him <laughs> and he rolled over. Riga Mortis oh was gosh. already starting to oh my gosh. All four little paws are stuck up in the air. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so then you have like parenting quantums, like you never thought you'd have to figure out. She was, I was like, what did you do? She was like, I put it in a shoebox and I left it on the table. I was like, you what? You left it in the house? And she was like, I almost put it in the refrigerator <laughs> or the freezer. And I was like, what do we got? Like a morgue over here? <laughs> For the about, autopsy later. Right. We got to keep it cold. Suspicious circumstances. Because <laughs> Biscuit was walking around with a little knife in his hand. <laughs> Biscuit's got a look on his eye yeah. like, don't cross me. Yeah, right? looking at you going, hey, what happened to honey can happen to you. All right, feed me and feed me now. I was like, I was like, babe, why would you do this? She was like, I didn't want it to smell or anything. I was like, no. And so anyway, so uh, we, uh, the end of the story is we, I told my daughter and it was really sad, broke her little heart, which I didn't like, but we, uh, <laughs> exchanged, exchanged, uh, a the, dead the guinea, guinea pig. pig for they a said, live bring one. in the body of the other one and we'll give you that one. <laughs> it was like, it's like turning in the core of your battery to get 26 bucks That's back right, in AutoZone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, were you going to recycle it? Yeah, right. You got to prove that it's dead. Yeah. Well, it's right here. And so I was like, there will be an Pam interrogation. Was like, Pam was like, you got to take this dude on before you get Alyssa from school. Like, what are we going to do? Walk in with the dead guinea pig that Broken her heart. Could have made it into earmuffs or something. Oh I don't my. know. So, so man, I took that thing in there. I called Ron right after this happened. That was the most uh, most awkward conversation. I got a box with a dead guinea. <laughs> He's trying not to laugh. And I'm trying not to laugh because I'm a nervous laugher, everyone. And so I'm like That's so awesome. embarrassed and nervous. The kid at the counter is like dying because it's so awkward. Oh I'm talking gosh. to one of the little assistant That's managers. Funny. Anyways, but we got well, another funny, one. Not, we got another not one. for honey, but it's funny to us. Would you like yeah. to know the, the name yeah, of Yeah, what's the, the name of this one? It was initially Honey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But by the time we got home, we started calling her Honey. and uh, But Alyssa was like, no, 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 that's not the name. The new guinea pig's name is Butter. <laughs> butter. Biscuit butter and biscuit. Butter. So we got butter and biscuit. Y'all there you love go. It. That's you good. Go. So, That's funny. Hey, hoping, hoping butter's got yeah, a little I'm more fortitude. So too. You know what I'm a little nervous about? If this biscuit is that serial killer kind of guinea pig, you know, you're watching my dog in a few weeks. And if I get a call while I'm gone, I don't know what happened to Belle, but she's laying in the middle of the floor. She's not moving. And her legs are sticking straight up. Pam, I'm going to say that, that guinea pig's got to get out of your house. All right? It doesn't have any tattoos of Satan on it. 
said or anything. Yeah, it's got a snake tattoo on <laughs> <Yeah>. his neck. <laughs> so anyway, well, that's oh, that's a sad but truthfully funny story. If you're a parent and you've ever had pets, you know that you're always going to run into those. We've had... Dogs die, ferrets die, and it's just uh, it's just one of those things. When I was a kid, I got to get a gecko, and I lost it in the house. Um, never found it. Don't know what happened to it. I think when I was at school, my parents said it. it's not good to have a lizard in the house and threw it out in the backyard or something, but they won't admit it to this day, and I've had them interrogated <laughs> under hot lights. But um, thanks, Matt, for sharing that. Uh, Chris, good to have you here, buddy. Now, Dude, it's good to be like here. I said, Chris is our new... Um, uh, youth leader, youth uh, minister, youth pastor. I'm not sure what title. Lindsay, Lindsay asked me yesterday. I said, I hadn't really thought about it. I said, I don't really know. I'm thinking either next generation uh, pastor, next gen pastor, or youth pastor or whatever. Lindsay, did you put something on his, on the website? And on, no. Not uh, yet? I'm waiting for... Yeah, for the info, but. we got to we got to get the title down uh, for for him. Um, right now, uh, we're just going to call him a, a youth pastor, but we'll we'll get it figured out what what title we really want. Like Lindsay's not our worship pastor; she's our creative arts pastor because she does so much more than just Sunday morning worship experience. And and uh, Matt is our associate pastor, and that's because. I have him do everything I don't want to do. So <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's true. <laughs> I can verify that. So anyway, um, we'll figure out a title for Chris. But Chris, tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, you've how long you've been in Virginia? Uh, this will be three years this summer. Three years, and you moved here from where? California, uh, well, just south of LA in Long Beach. Wow, oh. and you grew up there, right? I did. Whole life, born and raised. So it's just a little bit different from Southern California sort of, to sort Richmond, of. Virginia, right? Yeah, just you know. Just just different. a little bit. Yeah. Now, when you moved here, you met someone. I did. And what's That's going like on a there? Question. I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Thanks Good for bringing talk. that part up and verifying that you mentioned. Tell it again. He is lobbing you an opportunity <laughs> I think to earn some brownie points. Seriously. On a podcast. I'm laying this on a plate for you, Skippy. At least, at least swing. Go. Okay. I'm dating a beautiful young woman named Savannah. Yeah. 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 What do you love about her? Her. Servant heart and um, just her beautiful voice. We uh, we what, actually what, met. <laughs> what do you, don't you like about her? No, uh, no we're not going to no, go there. No, 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 we're not going to go there. Resendiz, <laughs> you're celebrating eleven years. He, like. he wants to at least someday get one year under his belt. <laughs> oh, sorry. We actually yeah. that question in three years. Yeah. We actually, <laughs> you guys, we actually met uh, leading worship for college ministry in this area. Um, wow. So we were on stage and she was singing us. Song and you know I looked back because I heard this beautiful voice and the rest is history. Yeah, there you, awesome. go. There you go. That awesome. was a good there recovery. Yeah, there that's go. a good one. Yep, and uh, she's going to be leading worship for us a week from this coming Sunday, right? She, yes. Yeah. So Lindsay and and her family are heading out on vacation and uh, for a week with Josh's family, um, and so Savannah's going to be heading up worship for us. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing her up there. So, yeah, Chris and Savannah are, are quite the item. Do you guys have a nickname like Brad and Angelie did we or do whatever? Actually. <laughs> so our very own uh, Nestor the Mailman gave us the nickname The S'mores. The S'mores. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if that's been going around, that's but so cute. the podcast. We've yeah. been using it, so. That's yeah, funny. So it's a that's thing, good. It's a it's a thing, thing now. now. That's good. Very good. All right. Well, yeah. good. Nice to have you with us, It's Chris. good to be here. It's Thank good, you. good to have you sharing with us. Uh, Lindsay Liu, you're going to start us off with a little game, aren't you? Well, yes. I have some very important questions for everyone. All right. I think... Um, 
everyone should have to answer at some point in their life. So (laughs) we're going to start this off with the most important question. Would you rather be required to wear identical silver jumpsuits or anytime two people meet and are wearing an identical article of clothing, they must fight to the death? I like the second one. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to say, who wants to see somebody murdered in front of you? And my joke It's in. a <laughs> game, madam. Not serious. I don't get. I don't get the correlation. Don't get, it's not seriously going to happen if. Oh, you mean like would we all? Everybody kind of like everyone a in, the world, in the world uh, has, has to wear a silver jumpsuit. Uh, no, I'll take a chance that most people don't wear what I wear. That I'll take the second yeah, one. Yeah, I'm going. I'm not going to run into You're not too many have people to fight to the death. that's going to wear this golf shirt or whatever. Okay. So. I better look out. Brad's been uh, shopping at Old Navy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You and Brad are going to get you. into he it. He can take you. <laughs> So. Brad's like, no, I think it should be just stay away from red and black. You should be okay. <laughs> I think it should be fight to the death of insults of what you're wearing. <laughs> so you have to say <laughs> many things to say that you're wearing. Oh, there you go. Like yeah. your mama battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So ugly. Oh, wait, I'm wearing the same thing. <laughs> uh, what else, Lindsay? Well, Chris didn't answer the question. Oh, oh I didn't. I, I mean, I'd rather everyone just wear the same thing. And fight to the death anyway. Can I change it a little bit? It's like Hunger Games. <laughs> Hunger Games for clothing styles. Yeah. Sure. You can. Sure. There's not really rules to this game, except you have to answer the question. Yeah. Okay. That's true. All Good. right. Would you rather randomly time travel either forward or backward 20 years every time you fart or <laughs> teleport to a different place on earth, land, not water, every time you sneeze? Hey, listen, I'm a gas bag. I'm sneezing all the way. I'm going to be everywhere in history, guys. Yeah, I was going to say, if we we did the fart one, I'd travel too much. Uh, I'll take my chances on the sneeze. And I'd be in year like three billion (laughs) going forward. And I'd be back before dinosaurs if I went backward. And the sneezing would be difficult because you don't just sneeze once. But you get to so travel like, the boom, world. Boom, 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 boom. Well, who sneeze? You're a multi sneezer. Yeah, usually I'm in three. Oh. I'm a one sneeze. I sneeze oh. twice. Yeah. I've got friends who do the like. My sister-in-law yeah. does seven For like times 10 minutes every time. Like, what are you doing? Well, Come on. Ty Hagen's yeah. when he sneezes. Is he a multi sneezer. Oh, major. Yeah, Ty is. Uh, yeah. Owen's got that gene too. My dad, me, and, and Josh Owen. is an is a multi sneezer. Are you a multi sneezer, Mike? Oh yeah, and it's loud too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Mel hates it. Josh just has this gasp before. <laughs> That's great. And it happens like four or five times. So My dad is the startling. loudest sneezer in the world. I've, I've said this and it's true. I, I've been near him and I didn't know we were in the same place. Like he's somewhere for work. I ended up being at the same place. I've heard him sneeze once and I was like, Dad? I'm like, and he's across the room. I can identify him. And he goes, it's like, Russia! Russia! My dad sounds like, we used to say it sounds like Harisha. Yeah. Because he goes, Harisha! Harisha! <laughs> I'm like, come on, dad. You're just making it loud right. on purpose. Right. Like, it sounds like your dad says rush hour. Rush yeah, hour. It's, it's, it's rush hour. And I'm like, what are you doing? It? I would uh, rather travel the world via sneeze. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the only reason I'm taking sneezes is because if you did the other one, like I said, I'd be traveling a lot. I'd be going back in time, going forward in time. I'd, it'd be crazy. Yeah. So. All right, last one. 
Would you rather have skin that changes color based on your emotions? Oh, crap. Would be <laughs> like a mood ring? Oh, That'd yeah. Or tattoos appear all over your body depicting what you did yesterday. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll take the skin. I'll take the emotion one. Uh, I'll take the skin any day. <laughs> what, what emotions is it showing? <laughs> I feel like it don't matter. There's some that you show your emotions anyway. I mean, yeah. when you turn your red, skin already changes yeah, color. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Matt's skin does change color. <laughs> that's funny. So, that's funny. That's what I got for you guys. All right. Well, thanks, Lindsay. I feel Lindsay. like Appreciate I know you better. <laughs> Appreciate those weird questions. You're so, um, listen, it is uh, time to get into a little bit of a message that I. Uh, we do each time we get together, and um, today I want to talk to you about the danger of distraction. Huh? What'd you say? Exactly, oh exactly. That wasn't you couldn't even see that coming. That was really already started way out there, baby. With the dope. Uh, when I was when I Wait, when I played baseball, I know why the guinea pig died. Too many bad bad jokes. <laughs> like, I can't take it. <laughs> What he didn't say is the little guinea pig was hanging by a shoestring. Off the With a note saying, I couldn't take it. Anymore. Take it. <laughs> My daughter never listens to this. <laughs> she doesn't either. Digging through the archives. Like, Y'all are jerks. <laughs> she listens to us. She's going to need a lot of therapy. I said, don't want to listen to this. Anyway, I want to talk to you about distraction. You know, I played baseball growing up um, for a lot of years. And there's one thing that they taught you, especially when you bat, and that's called keep your eye on the ball. And the reason is, is because it's easy to get distracted, you know, and they try to distract you when you're playing baseball, whether they're shouting when you're little kids, hey, better, better, hey, better, better, swing, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Or they move around. A pitcher oftentimes tries to distract you by his motion, by his windup, how he looks. Catchers will try to distract you by, you know, tapping on the inside of the plate, but actually moving to the outside of the plate, but tapping on the inside and letting you think that he's moved over to the inside, so it's going to be an inside pitch, and he's trying to get you to the outside. Fans try to distract and so the goal of being a good hitter is to be able to focus on the ball and keep your eye on the ball. Now, if you get really good at it, you not only see the ball, but you see it spin. And when you see it spin, you know if it's going to curve, if it's, if it's a fastball or whatever. So some guys are really, really excellent. I, I was a good batter, but I was not a guy who could really tell the spin of a ball too much. I'm right-eye dominant, and that's my back eye when you're batting. So you don't see it quite as much. But anyway, my point is this, that if you don't stop yourself from being distracted, you'll strike out. Um, there's a passage of scripture I was reading out of Acts 17 recently, and it talked about where Paul and Silas uh, were traveling, and they were in Philippi. And it says, as we are going to a place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. When the owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. Here's, here's what I want to talk to you about. I believe one of the greatest tools of the devil uses when it comes to Christianity, and especially sharing the gospel, is distraction. If you think about it, have you ever been talking to somebody about 
um, Jesus Christ and all of a sudden phones ring or a baby cries in the other room or a little kid comes running out and says, mommy, mommy, or whatever, been talking to him about something serious about God, and sure enough, distractions come. You ever, you ever had that happen? You guys are nodding. They can't see nods, and they can't hear nods. <laughs> All right, so you might want to use your voice. But Sorry, anyway. I, I was distracted. <laughs> anybody who has ever tried to get in a conversation with somebody about Jesus knows what it's like to be distracted by outside things. Right. I truly believe that the enemy loves to do that. Think about even in your personal walk, like your prayer time or your devotional time. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you sat down, you're going to get, and what do you do? You get distracted by, you get distracted by the, your email bings and you got a couple emails you feel like you got to answer. You get a text, you get a phone call from a person you've been trying to get a hold of or whatever. And that keeps us from getting into the word and from prayer. You ever had that? Yes, this yeah. morning. Yeah. Okay, so the enemy loves this kind of stuff. And so I want to talk to you today about, first of all, how you can, things you can do to keep yourself focused so you don't get distracted, and then what you can do maybe to get refocused if you are distracted right now. So, uh, and I'll be asking you guys questions, and, and you, can, you can pitch in if you'd like. The first thing I want you to know is I really think that the way to stay focused is, first of all, you got to know what the important stuff is. I mean, I like the way this passage is talking, starts out. It says this, Paul and Silas, Paul and us, were heading to prayer. You know, there was something important ahead of them, and they were focused in on prayer. And then obviously when the distraction came later, as they were heading into prayer, and then afterwards this woman followed them around, and they were trying to teach and preach the gospel, that's when Paul got exasperated, all right, and said, you know, basically spirit get out of her she wasn't saying anything bad she was actually praising them right but they were heading to something important let me ask them what are the things in your walk that you feel are extremely important and we shouldn't be distracted from do you have a real good concept of what those things are in your life that you'd say here's things i can't get distracted from this this is more important than anything else going on what are they i think one of them for me is prioritizing spending time in the word. And that's really easy. I'm a young mom. I'm getting ready to have three kids. Um, and like this morning, there's a reason why I don't try to do my Bible reading in the morning. I do it after the boys go to bed at night, but I went ahead and tried to do it this morning. And it was just like everything that could go wrong with the kids was mm -hmm. going wrong. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had to take a moment to realize as quickly as I was getting irritated, one, probably haven't spent enough time with Jesus if I'm this irritated this quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and two, you know, here I have another opportunity to be Jesus to my kids. And so to take an opportunity as it comes. But yeah, I think spending time in the word is is a big one. And, you know, kind of what I was just saying, too, is um, looking for opportunities to show Jesus to my kids on purpose. Mm. Um, that's a huge non-negotiable that's easy to forget about. You get in the routine of just, you know, making sure everybody stays alive and fed and gets to where they need to be. And you forget like every day teaching I have an opportunity to teach my kids what it looks like to live with Jesus. Mm. And so, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Good word. Matt. 
Um, <clears throat> I want to say, uh, I want to say just spending time with others who I know are going to lift me up. Um, and not just, not just hanging out, but intentional hanging out. Uh, recently, man, my, you know, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it on here. You know, my family's got a history of anxiety and depression and man, I feel mine like starting to push. And so I've learned rather than after getting in, getting in really deep, like when you feel those things come on, you say, okay, all right, now it's time to lean into the things that I need to do. Right. And so I don't know how many times in the last two weeks I have wanted to just say, you know, what, you know, screw it, forget it. I'm not going to go. Hmm. I mean, even like, even hours even before. church. Even church. And so if you haven't seen me recently, I'm playing Xbox at home. Uh, no, no, not, well, no, no, no. I haven't ever not wanted to, to come to church, but even at church, I've wanted not to engage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there have been times where like meeting with friends and uh, doing, we, we had plans for Father's Day and all day I was a grump. And part of it was just, I'm in this weird emotional roller coaster right now and I wanted to not go. And it's always the, the the same way, you know. You go and then you walk away and you say, "Wow, I'm so glad because so and so said something that encouraged me. I needed to hear it." And so, but I I don't I don't know. I, I know that's not the only distraction, but I think there are times where it's okay. like, man, I'm distracted from doing something that's going to um, benefit me, bolster my faith, build me up. So, fellowship for you, heard yeah. word of God, fellowship for you. What about you, Chris? Um, for me, I really try and value um, prayer, okay. uh, spending that time with God. Um, in talking with him and um, sometimes though it can be hard because I realize that I get caught up in my own selfishness um, and things that I want um, or uh, even just the day-to-day life and forgetting that man I I have not been um, spending that time that I need to mm. with him or praying um, about literally any anything and everything that's going on and um, I do get since we were talking about this distraction, I do get distracted very easily because I am a, uh, like my mind is always going, my eyes are always observing, and um, I grew up sort of with a, a kind of ADD, I guess, and so um, I get I just get distracted. I really have to focus when I'm doing hmm. things like that, okay. and um, when I'm spending time in the Word, and I have to be like alone um, without anything around so it's finding those times. It's important to know those things. Like for yeah. me, I can write my sermon or read my Bible or whatever, and I can the TV can be on. It doesn't bother me. Nothing Ugh. bothers me like that. I just can get focused in. Um, <clears throat> I know some of you are thinking, yeah, it sounds like you're watching TV when you write we your can sermon. Tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of figures now. Um, but, you know, kind of... When Lindsay was talking about kids and you're just talking about prayer, I don't know if you guys heard the story about Susanna Wesley, um, John Wesley, his mother. John Wesley was one of 17 children. Mm-hmm. And so the story is told when she would have her prayer time, she would just take her skirt, her dress, and lift it over her head, sit in a kitchen chair and lift it over her head. And the kids knew just stay away from mom right now. Because that's how she would have, you have 17 kids, what are you going to do? You don't get away. And so she would just lift her dress up over her head <laughs> and pray to eliminate distractions. Wow. So, okay, so those are the important things. Here's the next one I want you to get. Don't be fooled by the shiny things. You know, and now what I mean by that is, you know, when, when you're looking out <clears throat> in your periphery and something 
glistens mm-hmm. and you turn and look. And that's what I mean by don't be fooled by the shiny thing. It's interesting. As Paul and Silas were traveling through Philippi, which is in the Macedonian region of Greece, right? That as they were going through there, there's this young fortune teller who's pretty popular. She's making a lot of money, starts crying out, and she doesn't say anything bad about him. She says, these are representatives of the Most High God. Listen to him. It was like free pub, right? It was like great publicity, but yet as they were going, you see Paul become frustrated, and he finally stands up and tells the demon to be quiet and get out of her, and it happened. And immediately she was healed. Healed. One of the things that the enemy tries to do is reprioritize our life by making things look more important than they really are. They look shiny and they look like, oh, I need to look at that. And that was not going to distract Paul. Paul knew that he was in the most important thing that he could possibly do be doing. And he was not going to be distracted. Now, it might have sounded like, hey, Silas, we ought to have her walk around with us all the time and be our town crier, you know? She's speaking positively about us, but he was not going to be distracted from what he knew he was to do. Let me ask you something. I think of the church when I think of this. What can distract a church from doing what God has said this is the most important thing to be doing? Strife. Okay. I think of all the scripture where uh, it talks about uh, the the work of the enemy, you know, envy, um, strife, bitterness. Uh, it talks about not giving the enemy a foothold. I, I think I think that is one of the main things. Uh, I mean, how does Jesus? What's the uh, calling card of us as believers? They'll know your believers by your love. And so I I just believe that the enemy's main uh, priority is to just get us, or one of his main priorities, is just to get us honoring at each other over little dumb stuff. And uh, and if you can be honoring over that, well, you're, it's just, again, it's a, it's a, in the big picture, it's a net. It's something that's pulling your eyes away from where you're supposed to be. It's a yep. distraction. It's a little yep. shiny. Oh, here's a little, it's a fire. Well, really, it's not as big a deal as you're making it right. out to be, but uh, but you, you're just instantly drawn to it. Well, right. Did you see here so-and-so said this about... And it and it just it just distracts from what's yep. most important. Okay. So all right, good. Stripe, what about you, Lynz? What do you think? Oh man, um, I I mean I agree with that. I think uh, maybe getting distracted with how we think sh- things should go, how we think things should be handled in mm. the church, and well, it's not how we've done it before, or it kind of goes against. Our preferences, I think that can be really okay. distracting Good. from yep. what God wants to do. How about you, Chris? You're all three days into your yeah. Well, <laughs> serving on staff at a church. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe, I guess, numbers and growth and um, yeah. okay, that's programming, good. I guess, yeah, right. instead of focusing on people's hearts. Good. Yeah. Very Absolutely. good. Yeah. A lot of times we focus on how many rear ends in the seat right. and not how many people who are encountering, how many changed exactly, lives, yeah. right? You know, one thing that hit me, especially with going on here at Kindred, is, um, you know, this whole building thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what if, you know, I've been trying to really surrender that, especially here recently, just, okay, God, I give that to you. I give that to you. I'm not going to fret over it. I'm not going to fret over it. What if God just says, yeah, what you want is not what I want right now, so... If you'll just desire the things that I want for you, mm. we'll be fine. 
And so I have to trust our future, right, to God. And so I have to say, yeah, but this makes sense. And God, what if God is saying, it's just not what I'm going to do? Yeah. And your future is in my hands, not your hands, you know. So I think of things like that. And he makes the enemy really does a good job of making things look important that aren't necessarily important, doesn't he? And we can sit there and we can get so focused, whether it's the numbers or whatever. And and uh, we can get so focused on certain things that we think that's our priority. We got to go take care of that when we lose sight of our mission of love God, love people, sharing the gospel of Christ, things like that, right? And so it's easy to um, get so caught up in things that seem important. And I think some, I'm not saying that things that we do um, like a building or like numbers, things are not important, but they're not as important. We probably create them to be a little bit more important than they really are. We can do the same thing in in our life, in our individual lives. We can make things so important and we make them more important than things of God. I mean... I'm a family guy, but God never said, let your family be more important than me. Right. Mm, nope. And That's But we, we almost preach that sometimes. It's yes. taught in our culture. Our children are the center of our world. No, God is the center of our world. That's right. right? And so there is a element of it's not ungodly to put your family behind God. Right. And right. so we, we've created this thing. Oh, how could you do that? Your family's supposed to be the most important thing. And so we just have to be careful of being convinced of certain things that are not true. Right. All right. Let me uh, hit on another one. I think it's um, <clears throat> I put watch out for rationalization. If you'll notice verse 19 there, it says, but when her owner saw that their hope for gain was gone. They seized Paul and Silas, dragged him into the marketplace before the rulers. Now, this is the famous imprisonment of Paul and Silas and all that. But we can sometimes see that if we are going to stay focused on what it's what's important, there might be some consequences ahead. And sometimes when we see those consequences, we will rationalize our our life, uh, the and we'll even make it sound spiritual why we ended up not doing what's most important. Does that make sense? Yes. I think sometimes we are really good at rationalizing a change of behavior so we can feel like, okay, uh, you know, I don't have to do what's most important. I really believe Paul and Silas and them knew she was a popular person, that they would probably, if he took that demon, if he called that demon out, that they would probably suffer some consequences. And sometimes it would have been easy for us to think about the consequences and go, you know, what is she really doing bad? I mean, she's praising us. She's she's pointing people to us. She's a great publicist. She's not hurting anything. So why don't we just leave it alone? We would rationalize instead of doing the right thing. We would rationalize not doing it. And I think sometimes we're really good at that. We step away from things that are important because we might see potential conflict or pain. You've heard me talk about um, one of the things the church has always been famous for years past is um, whenever conflict or trials come, they treat it as, well, that must not be the will of God then. Mm -hmm. And, And I think they're not reading the same Bible I am, right? I mean, I've always found that when you're doing the will of God, you're going to have a lot of pain. And you cannot, when you're going to stay on task, you cannot try to dodge things that could bring pain because a lot of times staying on task is going to bring pain. It's going to bring conflict. It's going to bring struggle. 
And we have to be willing to see that through as well. You know, Chris, you're you're new into uh, church ministry, but I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of challenging days and things that you're dealing with just, oh, my word, I would love to not have to deal with this. I think one of the greatest struggles of young leaders is no one likes harsh conversations. No one likes confrontation. No one likes conflict, but you still have to go through it. You just have to. It's part of being a good leader. Nobody likes it. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, man, I hope I can fight with my coworker today or I hope <laughs> I can yell at an elder today or whatever. Nobody wants that. So it's just part of it. And a lot of times when you're younger, there's temptation to dodge it, to go around it, and to justify it or rationalize it. Mm-hmm. And I think in order to stay focused, you got to recognize the things that are easy to rationalize and, and resist that temptation. You yeah. get it? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. I mean, I think about the, I mean, I've struggled a lot with um, conflict and trying to keep the peace and be a peacekeeper rather than a peacemaker. Um, and I have in the past, especially looked at situations and convinced myself not to have difficult conversations because, well, for the sake of peace and is it that big of a deal or, or whatever. And, and so I'm trying to spiritually rationalize it and I want it there to be peace. But in the reality is I'm keeping the peace instead of making peace. Yeah. And so it kind of like, I had to look at what's the spirit behind the, my decisions I'm making on why I'm having conversations or not mm-hmm. kind of like, what's the spirit behind this, girl and what she's saying is what she's saying wrong. No, but I mean, the spirit behind it is hurting her. It's actually drawing attention to people instead of God, it's distracting. And so kind of like the same thing in my personal experience, the Mm. spirit behind it was fear and um, people pleasing rather than pleasing God. I love what you said there because I I use this distinction. I think it was in my last sermon about the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker, Mm -hmm. right? We're called to be, you know, the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. Right. We're called to make peace, right? And the idea of making peace is bringing things in rightful order. Right. Okay. And so that was, that's a good word. Sometimes we dodge it because, you know, let's, can't we all get along, you know, kind of thing and, and, and not understanding that, that there is a bigger mission that's more important than just feeling comfortable and good at that moment at that time. So, well, let me give you some things. Maybe you're finding yourself out there. Maybe you're finding yourself um, out of focus that you'd say, yeah, I I think my life, I've lost track of where I'm supposed to be or a target or whatever. So I'm going to give you just three things. We gave you three things that can help you stay focused. I'm going to give you three things that can probably help bring you back your focus, to focus your life back on God. The first thing I would tell you is this. I would encourage you to assess your situation. In other words, review review your current situation and priorities and pray over what you're doing. That's the first thing, all right? I know you can get a lot of good advice, but the best place to connect with is with God mm-hmm. and say, God, help me reprioritize, help me refocus. If I'm out of whack someplace, do it. I found that journaling can help at times. I'm a lousy journaler. I don't keep anything going long-term. And 
and it's very frustrating for me. But truthfully, if I spend a little time writing things down, I look back and it kind of helps me see a pathway that I'm on mm-hmm. through my journaling. Maybe maybe that might be something that can help you. Um, if you have a good godly friend that you can sit down with and just talk through some of these issues, um, it can help you kind of get your eyesight back. Whatever you need to do to track your focus and understand the direction you know, that's what I would tell you. So assess your situation. Don't just make assumptions. Don't listen to people who they themselves aren't godly. I remember uh, one time in particular out when we were out west, um, the owners of the building that we were renting, we rented a, a couple buildings, and one of them we had our youth in, and um, uh, we were late on rent one time, and she came to our leadership and suggested that we give that building back. And I let it bother me, let it bother me, let it bother me. And I had a meeting with the leadership team that Sunday. And before I sat down with him, God had really reprioritized my uh, reminder of who he is and what he's called us to. And so I sat down with the leadership team and they were all ready to commiserate and say, well, do we give this back? And do we just, you know, surrender that part? And I stood up and I said, I absolutely do not believe we're supposed to give it back. I said, why in the world? This woman, nice woman, but she wasn't a Christ follower. She didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Why would I allow her to tell me what God has called us to? And since God has called us to it, we know it's going to be difficult, right? And so a lot of times when you assess the situation, you start realizing, oh, I took over the reins on that part of the ride. Mm -hmm. Oh, I stepped down that road when God didn't call me down that road. I went down that road myself. And you begin to assess how you made selfish decisions, how you made decisions that were really based on you. Now, we're good at rationalizing and spiritualizing, aren't we? Well, I believe God told me this, you know, or whatever. And I'm not discounting that. I can't tell if anybody says to me, um, God told me this, and as long, if it's not contrary to the Word of God and the ways of God, I don't challenge it. I'll say, "Well, I, I can't challenge you. you. You know, you you would know. I don't know." Now, if they said God told me to, you know, leave my husband and go have this relationship with this married man, I'd say, "You're worshiping the wrong God," because God won't tell you that. But you know, a lot of times people say, "No, I, I made this decision because God told me." Well, then, okay. But you have to evaluate, did God really tell you that? Mm -hmm. Because we can sometimes, can't we sometimes convince ourselves and spiritualize decisions that really we probably just want to make on our own? So easily. So easily, yeah. And I'll tell you why I really like that. Uh, I mean, what's the one thing you're taught as a a public speaker if, if a crazy distraction happens in the room? Well, you acknowledge it and then you move on. If you just ignore it, it continues. I mean, not, not like a, a small distraction, but like a big one. Like it's a funeral and somebody's phone rings super loud. You know, you, okay. You know, you, you, you know, that was an awful <laughs> metaphor <laughs> example. But, you know, if you're preaching, okay, hey, up, oh, God's calling in. He's got something for us to say. Everybody chuckles. And then you move past it. I think the evaluation kind of does the same thing. Like you have to, you have to be able to see what it is clearly. And sometimes you got to just acknowledge that I've been distracted. You know what? I've been self-absorbed right now. I've allowed this, whatever relationship, I've allowed my job, I've allowed my kids, I've allowed my family. And you can't move past it until you acknowledge it. I've allowed the skinny pig <laughs> into my life, and it distracted me from what's really important. <laughs> because now... I'm afraid of biscuit. <laughs> All right. I think the second thing is not only assess, but it's also to listen. You know, one thing we don't do real well 
Um, okay, I'll just speak for me. I can't say for you. I don't listen to my prayer enough. Just where I stop and listen. Mm, yeah. You know, I, I do listen, but I probably don't do it enough. It's probably like, you know, I'll talk to God, then I'll wait, and then I'm like, okay, well, you know, while I got you here, let me bring up something else, you know, <laughs> instead of just letting God be God in my life. And if I'm going to have the willingness to change and be flexible, whatever God wants to shape my priorities, then I have to listen first. So it's important to clear your head so you can hear God's call, whether it's a mini retreat, a day alone, um, out in the woods, locked in your, you know, I go into my man cave and that's just me. And I just, I can sit there and reflect on the day and talk to God about it. And that is a very important time to me where I can just go out there and kind of walk through. I, I love Sunday afternoons when I do that because I think about Sunday morning. I think about my message. If I feel like I missed something, I might say, God, I'm sorry. I think I dropped the ball in that part or whatever, um, that kind of thing. So if you get that opportunity, um, if you get that opportunity to get some time away, and to get into some retreat mode, I think one of the greatest things that God will do is speak to you. And a lot of times, if you're trying to get refocused on God, you got to remember this is something he wants. Mm -hmm. He wants you to be focused on him. Yeah. So I think he'll speak to you. But our problem is we, we try to do it. Hey, God, talk to me while I'm, you know, grocery shopping and picking up the right. kids and writing my sermon, all this stuff. And God's going, well, why don't you just pay attention to me? I, yeah. I use the illustration. I was just talking to somebody a while ago. I, I had a, uh, um, I had a uh, customer service manager named Teresa and Teresa was new at her job. And um, I was new at my job. I was the president of the division and I was really busy and she'd come in to talk. And while she's talking, I'm looking at papers and I'm going, uh-huh. Yeah. And I was listening, but I wasn't listening. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was right. hearing, engaged. but I wasn't listening. Yeah. I wasn't engaged. And so I remember one time I'm going through my stack. Yeah, okay. And I'm stacking my to-do, to-wait, tomorrow kind of stack, right? And so I'm putting all these things together. And she goes, stop. And she put her hand on my two stacks of paper on my desk and said, stop and just listen to me. Well, I think God would love to do that with us sometimes. Yeah. You know, hey, stop. You want to hear from me, then stop and listen. I think for me, I have a really hard time quieting my mind. It like goes a hundred miles an hour and I'm a kinesthetic learner. So just sitting and listening, I feel like I can't get my mind to shut off enough. And so mm -hmm. the way I have to engage with God to hear him well um, is well first do it in a time where there's not anything else going on. So I usually wait until everybody's gone to bed and, and then spend that time because I'm not distracted with everything's done for the day. <laughs> I'm not thinking about what I got to do later. Um, and so, and then the other thing is I'll journal. So I'll write down. I feel like if I'm physically engaged in what my mind is doing, mm -hmm. then my mind stays there. So I'll yeah. write down a big puke long prayer to the Lord. Blah, here's everything, Lord. And then I wait. And then I just start writing down whatever I feel like the Lord is saying. Yeah. And then after I look at it and I check, okay, does that go with his character? Does that go with his word? Um, and that's how I most easily hear from the Lord. I have to physically engage with God too yeah. in order for my mind to stay there. That makes so, sense. That makes sense. Maybe that'll help somebody. Walking through. Yeah. yeah you, know, you know, it's funny. I, I know what you're saying about not doing it while distracted, but I, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I, it, my daughter's got the ADD 
And man, I'd have had to add to y'all. And uh, let me tell you something. And so sometimes I, I, I know there's different types. If I'm grocery shopping, I'm, I'm my mind is actively engaged. But if I'm doing something kind of mundane, I'll tell you the time where I can easily, almost guarantee I'm going to have a moment with God is when I'm mowing my lawn. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's the sound drowns it out. I don't know if it's that it's just simple. I mow my lawn the exact same pattern, the exact same way every time because I know what's quickest. So I know I'm going to go down here, I'm going to come back, go down there, come back, you know. And um, man, it's in those moments where I, I just find it so easy just... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just that I'm not doing, I don't know. You know what I mean? My brain isn't engaged. It's funny you say that because I was going to bring up a great illustration of this is when we were mowing the church lawn Yeah. and, you know, our mowers were loud and then you had your headsets in as well listening. And I went over to talk to you and went, Matt, Matt. Matt, and you had to first of all turn off your mower, and then you had to take your headsets out. And I think sometimes God is going, Matt, 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 yeah. and we got all this stuff going on, and we're like, No, I pray I don't hear him. Well, well he's, if I got my, yeah, yeah, you know, it's if I'm like, listening to a podcast or music, not as much, but I mean, but if I'm just going, right? But yeah. my my point yeah. is not as. I thought yeah, that, that was, was a good, good illustration. It is a good symbolic. Good yeah, it's not like God's. I was going, having a I'm really mad that you interrupted me. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. I'm sorry. I was just praying. It's like the it's like the old saying about the employee that gets caught falling asleep on his desk, and if he notices, he raises it and goes, "Amen." <laughs> yeah, boss, can I help you? Yeah. But um, it's easy to get distracted, and it's easy not to hear. And it's important to get some time where you truly, truly can hear. Mm-hmm. And I guess the last thing I would tell you is. Go ahead and tweak, make the adjustments, all right? A lot of times we think we evaluate the calls. You know, um, God calls us to do something and we kind of evaluate how we're going to do it, if we were going to do it or whatever, and we're not called to evaluate God's suggestions. You know what I mean? We're not called to evaluate God's call. I remember when I moved uh, out west, I didn't evaluate it. I just wasn't happy about it. I knew God called, so I went, but I wasn't happy. I would have liked to negotiate it with God or not done it or whatever, but I knew he called. Sometimes when God is adjusting our schedule and God is confirming a new, or we're asking God to confirm a new direction in our life, you know, uh, take a new career, buy a house, you know, whatever. Uh, I've been asking God to confirm about a building, right? And all that kind of stuff. And if God brings something to us that's not in our plans, we have to be willing to tweak. Yeah, We have to be willing to change. Often listening to God means we need to be open to his general counsel. And sometimes his general counsel comes through others as well. And we have to take our first step of refocusing on God by being willing to listen. And he's, you know, I said Sunday when I talked about general, I said, God is often heard more in the gentle soft breeze than he is the earthquake, right? Yeah. God, he doesn't jam it down your throat, does he? He'll come in, he'll say, listen, what I think is this, you know, or what I know is this, and we have to be willing to listen to him. Yeah. Proverbs sixteen nine says, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm. Think about that verse. The heart of the man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So when we are godly, when we desire to serve God, we have this way. We have this, I want to get here. And that is not necessarily wrong. But God plans our steps. Okay, I'll get you there, but you're going to go this way and this way and this way. You understand? 
Why? Because God has these divine appointments. God wants to grow your faith. God's goal is not always to get you to the destination. Right? And so we have to be open to that. So if you're out there and you're struggling with getting uh, focused or refocused, I want to encourage you through that words. I hope that helped you. Um, I, I know that it helps me. It's easy to get distracted. Um, you start treating things too important or whatever, and you get distracted from the things that are really important. I didn't tell you a story. Um, uh, I just remember one time when my dad tried to get me refocused when I was a young pastor, and I was upset about an elder in my church. And I was so upset. I was talking to my brother on a Sunday afternoon, and I was crying. I was literally crying. I was like 23 years old, and I was so upset about this elder and what he was doing. And my dad said, what's wrong? And my brother said, ah, he's having a problem with an elder at the church and everything like that. And my dad, who's not a pastor, my brother's a pastor, I'm not. A, he's not a pastor. And my dad looks at me, and I'm thinking he's going to say, son, you know, you'll make the best choice. Don't worry about it. Keep it up. You know what he said? I wonder if you cry like that for the lost. Talk about a kick to the teeth, wow. <laughs> a reprioritization, uh, like, whoa, get your head out of the wrapper, Rod. You're worried about all these things about elders, dysfunctional or whatever argument, but really your priority is helping the lost know Jesus. Hmm. All right. So I think that uh, we have to keep that priority always in That's balance. Good. That's good. All right. All right. That's all I got today. So, uh, Lindsay, why don't you share with us a little bit kindred news? Well. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. Don't, Lindsay. Hold on to I that. I was just going to rearrange the right. order. No, no. Well. Let's not. Let's not. That's all right. Matt, I skipped right over to you. You got hot topics today. So let's uh, let's hit our hot topics. That's right. You know what time it is. It's time for the hot topic. And uh, by the way, do we got any basketball fans in the room? <laughs> Nobody in here cares, but I, I do. I so love playing basketball. I'm going to give a shout out to some NBA action right now. Hey, the Toronto Raptors were established in 1995, and they have just won their first championship. And what makes that even sweeter is that they beat the Golden State Warriors, who I'm Aww. so freaking sick of. Oh, I like them. Okay, well they've won enough. I don't know anything enough. about much about basketball, but okay, well they've won enough. And so, anyways, the Toronto <laughs> Raptors have this won. This coming from a Celtics fan who's won the most championships of any team in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've won enough. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> No, no. Well, I mean, the Celtics can always win more. But, uh, but anyways, hey, th I love this because there were so many great storylines. Obviously, their first championship and uh, their history is pretty big. Kawhi Mark, Leonard. That's what I was about to say. Kawhi Leonard got so much grief for leaving the Spurs the way he did for resting at the end of the year. I just wonder how sweet it was. You could almost see it on his face as uh, as he's talking in the interviews and holding the trophy. You got to love that. Mark Gasol has this dude who's just grinded for years. He's finally got his first championship, can talk some trash to his brother, pal, now. And then a little hometown action. Danny Green's one of my favorite players because he's a UNC uh, alumni. And guys, did you guys know that UNC players have more championships than anybody else and it's not even close the Tar Heel players have racked up 34 championships 
Kentucky's one twenty. Kansas has got seventeen. Duke's Danny got seven. Green's little brother plays for Indiana. Yeah, guess what? Indiana's not even on this list. But anyways, um, <laughs> so anyways, there you go. But that's I just know about, about the last couple times Indiana's played North Carolina. <laughs> what was their last championship again? I forgot. Nineteen. <laughs> 19- Eighty-seven. You had to go back a century on that one. Nineteen eighty-seven. You had to go back just, to the nineteen. How is this hot topics? I didn't improve this. You didn't. You don't care about basketball. There's there's a it's contingency not, of our listeners who love basketball. Three. NBA is not basketball in my opinion. So I'll just take I'll just take college basketball. On that cue, let's move on to. <laughs> that was so awful. Anyways, oh, man. hey, we're going to keep this one short and sweet, but in honor of our buddy, Chris Moore, coming on staff, this is really big news. We're thrilled that he's here. Everybody, you got to go around except for Chris. Actually, no, Chris, too. One word to describe Chris Moore coming on as our youth pastor. Who wants to start us off? One word. Lindsay, go. Cool. <laughs> Rod, I'll take it. Yay. Give us your word. One word describe Chris Moore coming on his staff as our youth pastor. Excited. Oh, Mikey. Thank you. I Which, got two words. Uh, no, no, no. No, hey. that's not the game. Yeah. Quiet but deadly. That's three that's words. Three. <laughs> three words. Three words. Quiet but deadly. He just, he quiet, just equated quiet, you deadly. to a fart. Is that me or a fart? Yeah. That's uh, silent. Quiet yeah. deadly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think my one word is. Finally, finally, oh, that's a good one, yes. we've been waiting for a youth pastor for for uh, for good. years, and we're excited that it's you. Thank so, you. anyways, yes. that's uh, that's Thank really you. big news for us. Lindsay, why don't you uh, keep it rolling? Give us some of the kindred news. Yeah, just so uh, so a couple things going on. So, in July, the third Friday in July, all the kindred guys are getting together to. Uh, cook out and hang out for the night. And so you definitely want to put that on your calendar. The third Friday in July, if you're a dude, put it on your calendar. Um, And July is going to be an interesting month. Dad, you're out of town on sabbatical, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm heading out of town. And, um, you know, it's funny, the thing we talked about getting focused, getting alone. That's what I love about sabbatical. I get some alone time. Now this one, we're not doing as much like we don't have a house at the beach like last year or whatever, but um, still we'll get some alone time and just looking forward to the month being off, trusting yeah. the pulpit to Matt. Um, and um, I'm sure he'll do a great job. So going to be a good month. Do you realize that we'll be a year in on the Kindred podcast? No because way. That's right. This, this it was is last July. the time that I was blowing up your phone of all the ideas. Oh, yeah, while, right. you, while he was on sabbatical. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Oh, so I'm not oh, the only man. one that yeah. does that. Yeah. So we'll be coming up on a year uh, in August. <laughs> no wow, way. Wow, wow. That's, That's awesome. Right That's yeah. cool. So, very well, cool. Well, definitely also check out our Kindred 360 Facebook page. Um, we put some info about when we release stuff on there and... Uh, so you definitely want to check that out and uh, contact us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear topics you want to talk about, things that mean a lot to you. What would uh, you rather do? Questions you might, yeah. What would you answer those questions? Would you? They're important life questions. That's all I've got. <laughs> would, <so>. you? <laughs> would you? Would you? Would you please? All right. All right. Well, listen, we want to say thanks again for staying in tune with us and listening to us. And we appreciate any feedback. We got a couple new places last year 
time, didn't we, Mike? You sent me a map with a couple highlighted places. One was like South Africa or something. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I don't have it up right now. That's fine. And something so. else. That's cool. And something uh, United else. United Kingdom. United Kingdom. Oh, so, uh, how cool is that? That that uh, people for some reason um, tune in to us. So it's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm pretty excited about it. But listen, I want to say thanks for you tuning in to us. And um, we at Kindred Church are open every Sunday. We are our worship services at ten o'clock. We're at ten eight two five Midlothian Turnpike. And we'd love to have you come and be a part of our church. But until then, um, God bless. Have a great week. And we'll see you when we see you. God bless. You've been listening to the Kindred 360 podcast. If you would like to hear more, be sure to check out our additional podcast, Extra 360. And be sure to subscribe to the Kindred 360 podcast to stay up to date with our most current episodes. We want to thank you for listening today and have a blessed week ahead.